The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What was it like in your first game adjusting to the NFL speed as opposed to college? It was actually kind of slow to me, to be honest. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I, I was expecting it to be a little bit faster, but, you know, practicing, you know, game speed, going at it with my teammates every day. And, of course, you know, we have a great defense. So uh, me going against them every day, um, it, it definitely slowed, slowed the game up. All these guys did a good job, but, but I thought because he played the most snaps, the one thing that you felt from Justin probably that we all took away down there, that he was extremely calm the whole time. It was fun. Uh, obviously, left uh, a lot of big plays out there. Um, wish I would have, you know, had you know, taken advantage of the opportunities that were given uh, a few times, especially at the end of the half. What was your assessment of Trey Lance's um, Some good, some bad. Um, made some big plays. I mean, obviously, the one touchdown um, missed a couple, but um, you know, I thought it was a good first day, though. Hopefully it's going to be a good first day today. Hello, everybody. We are back. Chris Sims, Mike Florio. We're Feels back. like we were never gone, Chris. Feels <laughs> like we were up? never gone. I know. I know. It, I, it's like riding a bike. But what's up, man? How you doing? It's good to see you. It's, been, it's been a while. It has been a while. Now, we have been getting together on Wednesdays over the past few weeks just to kind of keep things moving and talk about what's happening in the NFL. But yeah, this is the first time back in the seat. It's been a seven-week break. Happy to be back. Thrilled to be back. The season's upon us. We've still got four weeks until the games begin that really start technically three weeks and three days. But there's plenty happening. It's a perfect time to jump back into it, Chris. It's great to see you. And it is great to be back. No, it is. It's great to be back. And I mean, listen, I was fiending. I I don't know. I know you were. You're a psycho, no days off, Bill Belichick type. But like, when it got to the last two weeks of the break here, you're kind of like, man, football's going. What the hell am I doing? I, I feel like we need to talk, get some thoughts out there, things like that. And this year without the um, – without the, I don't know what it is. Without the extra preseason game, it just seems like – I don't know. It was more fun week one preseason football this past week, which makes things more exciting. Uh, there's not as many of them this year, and you know we get right into the action, which I think is going to be better for fans and players and everybody. 
And one thing I realized when we had those three Wednesday sessions over the past few weeks, even though I stay on the horse every single day, no days off since January 1, 2004, posting content at PFT, did videos most of the weekdays over the past seven weeks, except the week we were at the beach. There is value. And folks, look, this is peeling back the curtain. A lot of times just through our conversations that we have, we trip over things, we come up with ideas. A lot of this stuff we don't even talk about in advance. It's within the context of these conversations that you all get to be part of, although you don't get to chime in unless you email me. And plenty of you have over the last seven weeks, and I appreciate that. But I I like this part of it because we're operating without much of a net or any net at all, and we sound out ideas and we come up with some things that, we otherwise wouldn't have the occasion to really think about or talk about. That's what I missed more than anything else. Yeah, we're a good wait, we're a good team, you know. I mean, you're a pain in the butt. I'm a good guy. It works well. You're ugly. I'm good looking. And then when we put it all together <laughs> with all the things we know about football, how we follow it, the people you know, the people I know, I do. Sometimes we come together and uh, we, I think we come up with a lot of good ideas. So I'm with you there. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to go down that path, I'm sober, you're high, I'm wise, you're <laughs> okay. stupid, okay. I can read, you can't. <laughs> okay. I mean, Damn, we can I keep can going. Read. I mean, I can read a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> you didn't have to go there. <laughs> All right. We're back at it. Okay, uh, let's talk about what's happening in the National Football League. The first week of the preseason between Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, everybody played. And look, we know what the preseason is. We know what the preseason isn't. Of course, the games don't count. They never will count. At one point, Chris, a few years ago, I suggested that when you look at the tiebreakers that are listed for postseason position and you go down 10, 11, 12, you get to coin toss. I said, hey, you know what? People think the preseason is meaningless. Let's make preseason record the last thing before coin toss. Like, if you're going to do coin toss anyway, what the hell? At least the preseason means something, and everybody lost their mind. It's like, okay, fine. We stipulate then that it is completely and totally meaningless. There's no point keeping score. There's no point having standings. It means nothing. But it has real meaning for the new players specifically the quarterbacks, trying to get their feet wet in the NFL. How do they look? Do they get it? Are they overwhelmed? Is it slowing down? Is it too fast? Let's start with the 49ers and quarterback Trey Lance. 5 for 14, 128 yards, a touchdown, a beautiful 80-yard touchdown pass. He didn't throw it 80 yards. It went from his 13, left hash mark, opposing 43, just outside the numbers. When you work out the hypotenuse, when you work out the hypotenuse of that triangle, it's a pretty long throw. Pretty throw. Hit him in stride, off he goes, touchdown. That in and of itself is a good night for Trey Lance in his debut. Yeah, you're right, no doubt. I mean, your second throw of your career, uh, you know, as a quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, you didn't really play football last year, right, in the in North Dakota State because of COVID and all those type of things. There's all that talk about how he'll do in the NFL and is he ready for that style of game and everything like that. Great start. I mean, you could see, you know, point blank, the guy's got talent. There's no doubt about that. You know, you could see how twitchy he is as an overall athlete. And, you know, the strength of his arm was definitely on full display from what we saw there. I mean, he's got a rocket for a right arm. And then, of course, hey, you know, again, why you don't pay attention to preseason or things like that, too. Hey, there's, there's the Chiefs playing a vanilla defense. But 
you know, Shanahan wants to get the Trey Lance era off on a good step and everything like that. Come on, you saw that play there. That's not a play you normally see in preseason football. That's the type of play that you might see week three in the NFL season to go, wait, when we play this formation, they're doing this. So that was a shot play designed by Shanahan, I think kind of knowing what he might get from the Kansas City Chiefs in that formation. And that's what a good coach does with a young, good quarterback too. Give him some opportunities to build something there, get the fan base, everybody behind him. And hey, even though it was a little choppy, I think overall, you got to be happy with what you saw from Trey Lance. After the game, Kyle Shanahan described it as some good and some bad. And then on Sunday, he elaborated on one of the concerns. There were four sacks taken by Trey Lance on Saturday night against the Chiefs. There's one in particular that Shanahan put on Lance. It happened in the red zone. There was an all-out blitz, and he missed his his reads. And right. that's where got he's the, got to got to be say, ready to go. You got to be this ready is to it go. here. I would like, like, can you rewind that that right there, Kristen? By any chance, if you could, like, go back to the start of the packet. If not, but hey. We could talk here. Yes, pocket presence was certainly something that's got to be worked on, to Shanahan's point. There's no doubt about that. You know, I think he, he's he got to realize, yeah, you're not going to get out of trouble all the time. This is not North Dakota State. You know, these guys can run too. Get the ball to your hand. Know where to go. And then here, here, look at the shallow cross going around the, about the 20-yard line, Mike. See him? Look, he's wide open. See those little things. Again, he's a rookie. I'm not trying to judge too crit- critically there. But, yeah, it's just knowing where to go with the ball in certain situations. That was another play right there. There was a short guy open, hit him, you know, lived to play another day. Uh, but, but you know, I would say this. That right there, that throw we saw there at the end, would probably be the thing I'm most concerned about with Trey Lance. You know, hey, he's going to get the all-out blitz and get comfortable in the pocket. But the one thing I'll say, Mike, that I just thought was – Slightly negative, or I need to see more. There's only one club, and it's the rifle. It's the laser. I haven't seen a curveball, a changeup, you know, or other use. And that would be the one thing that concerns me a little just after the first game. Every ball was as hard as you could throw it, and it led to some incompletions and some inaccuracy throwing the football, too. And those are some things that at least jumped out to me. But talk me through how that works as a quarterback progresses. Yeah. You're going to pick up the blitz. You're going to see your hot yeah, read. You're going to get right. the ball out. Are you saying that it's more difficult to learn how to take something off right. of it when you're all cranked up and you're out there and you're ready to go? Yes, that's that's the, 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 the fine line I think he's got to look at. It's the thing that concerned me about him at North Dakota State. And I think if you can remember back to our days of the draft and everything like that, at times I would go – you know, he's only got one club. It's the driver. You know, there's no pitching wedge. There's no nine iron. You know, there's no like, oh, here's a guy in a hole and I got to get it over a linebacker and but yet still get it there before the safety makes the hit on the wide receiver. Those type of throws to where he's just got to learn to control himself a little bit. Yeah, his emotions, his body a little and learn to throw the ball with, you know, some different trajectories like Rodgers and Mahomes, right? You know, we know they can throw the ball 100 miles per hour and throw fastballs and paint the corners all the time. But what also makes them so great is they can stand on their back foot and flick a ball in the corner of the end zone and throw it 20 feet high and it drops down perfectly in somebody's lap. It's those type of things that I think will be the biggest adjustment for him and I something I'm going to have my eye on, Mike. Kyle Shanahan told reporters on Sunday when asked if and when Trey Lance will get more reps with the first team. Shanahan said 
when the time is right. And basically, he'll know it when it arrives. He'll base it on when Trey Lance is ready, when the team is ready. The other side of this coin is Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Jimmy Garoppolo handled the first drive on Saturday against the Chiefs, went three for three, 26 yards, nothing all that expansive, impressive, or necessary. Get him off the field, get him in bubble wrap, keep him healthy in the event that there is an opportunity to trade him if we do get to that point. We don't know whether it's going to get to that point, but if Lance develops and an opportunity arises, if there's an injury elsewhere, you can't rule out the possibility of Garoppolo being traded, but if he gets injured, that goes out the window. So I'm not surprised he only played one drive. Lance is the one who needs the reps, so they just see what they have and what he can do. Garoppolo, it was simple, it was quick, it was in and it was over and it was out and that was that. But, uh, you know, we talked about this, Chris, last week when we did one of our hiatus editions of PFT Live and the Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast, the idea that that there is this balance, yeah. that that they're still trying to strike. When is the time right? Is it week one? Is it after the bye? Is it Jimmy G plays all year unless and until he's injured? And I don't think they know. No, that, that's I, I, I. They, they can say what they would ideally like to do, but I think they're just going to kind of see how the events take them through the next days weeks and months I think so too you know I think there's a lot of factors that go into that and you know first off you bring up the Jimmy Garoppolo trade stuff and all that you're right I mean the other day was just a little dress rehearsal for him get out there move around throw a few balls you know get used to the speed of the game again that type of stuff but you know whether they trade him or not you know still to me depend is dependent on those other quarterbacks that are behind Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo too you know let's not get this mixed up You know, the 49ers are a Super Bowl team. They have a Super Bowl roster. I mean, when you all you got to do is listen to that game the other night, listen to the announcers. All they do is wax poetically about every guy. This group, this group, this unit here is deep and talented. This unit here is deep and talented. So, well, they are employed by the team. No, I understand, but but it is true too. <laughs> it is true. I mean, I, I think sometimes a team wouldn't want you to say or wax that poetically about it at times. The expectations are high, but the team isn't a Super Bowl window. And here's what I'll take it for, Mike, and and you you tell me if you agree or not. The one thing I think Shanahan did this past weekend, to me at least, he opened up Pandora's box, which was like. He oh, wasn't afraid. Here comes Pandora. Yeah, she's out. Here, here he comes. He was like, I'm not afraid. We're going to push forward with Trey Lance. And I don't care that it could be the clamoring of the fans and the locker room could get a little involved in this and all of that. From just what I took from reading between the lines in the newspaper, what we saw in the game there, I just think he's going to push forward and give Trey Lance every opportunity to at least have a chance to win that starting quarterback job. Now, whether he does that or, you know, he's still a rookie and fumbles some things and doesn't quite have it, yeah, then maybe it waits till week three or four or whenever that point is. But just the way the game was called, how much he played, makes me think he's going to at least give him the opportunity to win it or lose it and take it from Jimmy. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. We've seen this movie before. It starts off as right. Jimmy's the guy. <laughs> right. Trey is just going to sit this year. And yeah. and then, oh, wait, oh, wait, Trey's getting some reps with the first-team offensive practice. Oh, that's just because we've got a designed run for him or we've got a small package of plays for him. And then it's, well, you know, we're going to let him do a little bit more. And then you got John Lynch last week saying, hey, he's pushing Jimmy Garoppolo for the starting job. So – 
it, it really is a challenge, I think. And I think it's important to have a plan. Yeah. The problem is reality gets in the way of your plan because you can't have a plan saying, all right, we're going to develop this guy quietly. We've got Jimmy Garoppolo. And then you, you see what he can do and why you gave up ultimately three first round picks and a third round pick to get him. And, and you, and you want to use him. You buy a new car. You want to drive it. You don't want to leave it in the garage. You spend all that money on that car. You're not going to drive the, some other car that's been sitting around. No, you you did it for a reason. You have that car. You want to see what that car can do. And I think that that's where human nature takes over. And that's what we always have to factor into these things. And in hindsight, it makes it even more amazing that the Chiefs were able to sit Patrick Mahomes for a full year because they knew damn Seriously. well what he was going right. to be. And they still kept him off the field for a full season. Yeah, no, I, I know. You're right. It, it is. It's hard. And, you know, I think it's especially hard when we talk about the 49ers, and I know we're going to hit on Justin Fields in a minute. I'm not trying to jump above that or anything. Just, But it's hard when you make that type of move in the draft. And, yeah, the guy is physically talented, and you see, see some special things that he can do and maybe bring to the football team. You know, it's hard not to go, what if? What if we did put him in there? What can we do? What if our offense did this now with this guy at the quarterback position? But – where I will say, too, to everybody out there, whether it's Fields or Lance and as good as it was, let's not forget, too, you know, it's preseason game one, everybody's everywhere, and they were going against second and third stringers, both of them, and that's where their athletic prowess really jumped out, you know, because we played that little thing of, like, Fields right in the beginning. It wasn't as fast as I want. I want to go, well, yeah, a lot of the starters and big-time players, and they didn't game plan for you and those type of things – that didn't happen. So, yeah, you're, you're preseason game one. You're freaking nature, Justin Fields. You're going to make some things happen. But life will get harder and different, as these guys are going to find out here shortly. We will next see Trey Lance Sunday night against the Los Angeles Chargers. And there will be some joint practices this week, some opportunities for Lance to throw the ball against someone other than the San Francisco 49ers defense. Although it's not the same when you're wearing the jersey that says, nobody come close to me, nobody touch me, nobody hit me. That's right. He'll get to culminate the week in that opportunity to go against a good Chargers defense if he sees any of the first string. We'll see how that plays out. The Bears had their preseason debut on Saturday afternoon at home against the Miami Dolphins. And Andy Dalton handled a couple of series. And then in came Justin Fields, the guy that, like the 49ers, the Bears traded up to get. From the 49ers, it was 12-3. to For the Bears, it was from 20 up to number 11. That's one that we really didn't see coming. The Bears going all in with a new quarterback. And Justin Fields completing 14 of 20 passes, 142 yards, one touchdown, 33 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, and nothing happened that slowed in any way this train of momentum in Chicago right. to make Justin Fields the starter. They're so desperate for a franchise quarterback there. They want this kid on the field. Yeah, I mean, the, again, like Pandora's box open there. I mean, to me, it's like, it's like Chicago, like the 49ers, was just like, yup, hey, Hey, everybody, yep, we're welcoming all the chatter about the quarterback and bring it all on. We're ready to take it all on and just, you know, start pandemonium about the conversation about who should start. You know, that's what it showed to me. But again, like Lance, and I'll say what Matt Nagy said too, very calm and relaxed and controlled, more controlled than Lance. 
you know, the one thing Justin Fields showed is a variety of throws, just like this. You know, here's a little touch, Mike, that we was talking about. Maybe not the right read. I'd like to go back to that play. If he throws to the tailback at the top of the screen, if we could show that again, that'll be a touchdown. But either way, there was a lot of positive things to go about, and I did see a variety of throws and things like that, let alone what you saw when he got outside the, 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 the tackle box and extended plays. I mean, yeah, his ability to run – it really pops off the screen. It's special. There's no doubt about that. You know, to me, it's again, it's just going to be at the polish of the pass game and going through things and things like that. You know, but but either way, I don't know how you can't look at this and just go, "Who is that? Is that the quarterback or is that our is that our starting tailback turning the corner there?" That's where it's really damn good, and he's going to be able to pose a lot of problems. And even without the polish in the passing game yet. When you can run like this, they can figure out other ways to make the offense go and make things go. So it was a very, I think, impressive start for Justin Fields. What I would say is, again, don't everybody look at the stats. There was very few legit NFL throws in that 14 out of 20. That's what we need to see more of. But, man, great start for for both guys, especially Fields. And, you know, what's expected of them, how they deliver. Pretty damn good by Justin Fields. That touchdown run by Fields had a Madden quality to it. He looked at one read, looked at another, right. and he realized, screw it, I can I can get there before anybody gets to me. Yeah. I'm gone. Right. I'm gone. And that's an element that more and more coaches are looking for in their quarterbacks because that's the line we've identified, the guys who can – make something out of nothing when nothing's there or the guys who just throw it away or take a sack or do whatever other than make it into a positive play. And that's what the 49ers hope to have in Lance. And that's what the Bears hope to have in Fields. And, you know, it's funny. As you were talking about Fields' performance, Chris. Yeah. In my, in my mind, the big apples to apples as it relates to whether or not the 49ers did the right thing in picking – the quarterback they picked after trading up to three is Mac Jones, not Justin Fields. But remember, it, it was Fields right. or Jones right. or Lance. Fields kind of fell off early and it came down to Jones and Lance. But, you know, I, I think we need to watch all three guys no and ask ourselves, did they get the right one? You know, is this Fields and Lance connection something that's going to echo into the future years as they develop and will fields end up being the better guy yeah. at this point who knows but yeah. it's something to keep an eye on no you're right well there's similar skill sets right so it's like wait if you wanted that quarterback which one did you want fields or lance lance or fields fields or lance 49ers chose lance so yeah i think it's perfectly reasonable to you know compare the two it is a similar skill set they can do damage with their legs they got big time arms and can do things like that you know, where it comes down to, to me with Chicago, like, look, I look at the 49ers and go, you know, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, it doesn't matter to me. That offense is stacked and they have Kyle Shanahan running the offense. They're going to be good. The Chicago one's interesting to me. I mean, we've all questioned the Bears offense and Matt Nagy. I think everybody has. I'm not trying to break news here or anything like that. The drop back pass game has yet to ever impress anybody to this point, which is what Andy Dalton would run. And that's where I get back to Justin Fields and go, for an offense that's kind of bland and not overly talented or creative or anything like that, he can bring something to that offense that, you know, I know Trey Lance can bring something to the 49ers offense, but Shanahan can make up for it in other ways with things he can do. 
You know, Fields is the interesting one to me. And, and of course, I don't think, like Matt Nagy said, the bright lights or the big moments or Sunday night football against the Rams in the opener, I don't think anything like that is going to phase Justin Fields. I think he's he can handle all of that type of stuff. And that's where I'm going to be interested to see where this thing goes in Chicago. Because like you said, anything you read there, they're like, start Justin Fields, the hell with it, let's start the new era. And I know the coaches and owners in the front office and everybody, you got to be hearing that too, right, Mike? There's either a plan or it all happens organically. And maybe in Chicago, the plan was to keep saying it's Dalton, it's Dalton, it's Dalton, it's Dalton, just to give Fields that that opportunity to achieve something, right. to prove something, right. to be the better guy, to win the locker room over and have everyone realize, like the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson nine years ago, this is the guy who needs to play. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel handed to him. Right. It feels like he has earned it, and that's the way I think that you earn the respect of the teammates and you lay the foundation for rookie year and every year that follows. I, I, I agreed. I mean, I, I think you do. you got to make it look like the guy earned it, outworked people, you know, outcompeted somebody and, and earned the job outright. It wasn't handed to him because if things do fall apart, you know, everybody's going to look at the coach and go, well, you did this. This is, you just gave him the job. We all saw the tape. You didn't do, you know, he wasn't worthy of being the starter or whatever. But what we saw from both teams is they gave the green light to those quarterbacks to go, go ahead, go chase the starter. See if you can become the starting quarterback. You know, even that last play we showed with Justin Fields, if we could show that again, come on. You don't see that play in preseason, barely ever. Those are game plan, wait, this defense is too over-aggressive, we're going to have the tight end sneak out the backside and be wide open, and they called that play. And what, the late second, third quarter of the game? That, to me, again, just showed, like, we're going to give this guy every opportunity he wants there to go get it if he wants. He can go. We're we're gonna get it. if he if he plays awesome, he'll be the starter. If he doesn't, okay, he won't, and we'll we'll buy our time. But this type of play, like the Lance play, was a game plan, game design play to make the player look good, starter look good. Come on, we all know you could have hit this for a touchdown. There's no doubt about <laughs> I'm it. I'm not so sure about that. Maybe, but but Maybe. either way, he, he I, was. That, that, that isn't exactly threading the needle, as Matt Casey pointed out on Saturday afternoon in our text thread. No, no, but, it's, but, it's a, but again, a lot of the, the you know, regular Joe football fan, he's not going to know. He's just going to look at that, well, pretty throw, touchdown, and when Justin Fields yeah. is in, they score, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's just going to continue and, and you know, fuel the flames of this conversation, and I think that's where it, it's interesting to see. Hey, and look, the reality is Fields – was able to command that moment, yeah. see the guy no wide doubt. open, get it to him. He didn't freak out. Right. After the game, he was asked about how nervous he did or didn't feel in his NFL debut. Let's have a listen. Was there ever a point that there were jitters for you, or is it just another game? Surprisingly, no. Um, I was as calm as can be today. So, um, you know, I was just, you know, just trying to take a, take it play by play and really just, just win every play. And I think when you just focus on the moment, like, of course, I guess our our whole point this week was just focus on today, focus on the moment. I was just trying to take it play by play and, you know, uh, win the play. And that's what I was telling the O-line and just take every play by play. Don't worry about the next play. Worry about this play. And we'll just keep stacking like that. Hey, look, he's got the right mindset. We played the clip at the outset of the show, him saying that the game was slower than he thought it would be. He explained that that's because he goes against the Bears' defense in practice every day, and that's that's one of the realities, one of the benefits of bringing in a young quarterback 
to a team with a really good defense. By the time he's facing other teams, he's going to be less likely to be freaked out because he's seen a pretty good defense on a regular basis, although it definitely changes when the red jersey comes off. But still, you know, check the box for Lance, check the box for Fields. Too early to make any broad proclamations, but based on what we saw, we see, as you said, teams that are giving the young quarterbacks every opportunity to earn the job. Right. And they just got to take it. You know, they got to learn. Yeah. Again, the huddles process, the checks at the line of scrimmage physically. I don't doubt any, either one of those guys can do it. There's no doubt about it. It's just really about, can they make the coach feel warm and cozy to really pull the trigger to make you the starter week one? And like we saw the Trey Lance missing the guy on the all out blitz, right? That's going to keep Shanahan at night up at night because he's in the, now going to go wait in the opener. If they blitz us, I don't know. He's going to know where to go. So Trey Lance is going to have to prove that to him. You know, I want to go back to the Justin Fields little clip real quick if we can. Matt Casey, like, look at this play, Mike. I believe this is it. Look at the tailback out of the backfield. He throws a nice play here. But part of recognizing the coverage, look at the back out of the backfield. He's gone. See the guy? He went underneath them, right? Those are little things that, hey, Matt Nagy will go into the film room and go, hey, that's a great ball by you, Justin. I, I don't mind you throwing the ball here. But when you see the linebacker come in with the running back and cover him man-to-man and go underneath the tight end up top, you got to be alert for that because that's scoreboard, strike up the band, here we go, things like that. And I'm not but hang, trying- on, hang on a second. Help, help me understand yeah, this, right. okay? Because I'm looking at Fields. I know. He's got his first read in the progression. Yes. He's looking at the receiver. How's he going to see? How's he even going to begin to see the tail? Backs popping free like that. right because this when is does pr- it, when does it, when does the light bulb come on for him is it when the linebacker fails to get across help me understand right that. that's a great question really it would start pre-snap like Brady Rogers those guys would even go pre-snap and go because they motion this tailback we don't have the whole clip from outside. At first, it was an empty set, Mike. He was all the way outside by the sideline up top and then came in. So those would be the clues, like, right, a quarterback gets to go, wait, there's a tight end and a running back here, and there's two linebackers covering the man-to-man. The corners are all on the other side against the receivers. So it's man coverage. So you got to be alert to at least look at those guys here. His, his read to his left is not wrong, but it doesn't maximize the plays with what could have been had here is what I'm basically saying. He's not wrong. He's not going to be graded negatively, but once he sees the two linebackers man-to-man up top to what we're talking about and then what you said, Mike, then, okay, he says set hut, and if you see that linebacker who's covering the back go underneath the Cole Komet or that tight end there, that's when you got to be go, oh, wait, I'm going to stay over here on this side and give this guy a chance and maybe we get a home run ball or something like that. And again, it's not crucial. It's just a little thing I'm talking about. Again, that, you know, developing a quarterback, I'm not trying to say anything bad about Justin Fields because he had a phenomenal showing. But see, you see at the top of the screen, he's gone. He beat his guy. This was a good place, but you could see at the top there. And those are little things he'll you know, continue to learn as he goes through practice and things like that. To your point, Mike, he plays against a good defense in Chicago where I bet you his linebackers have not gone underneath a whole lot like that either to where he's probably like, man, I haven't got that throw in a while. I might not get it, so I'm going to play over here. But he'll continue to learn. There's no doubt. And, and I think that the way you explained that, was useful, very useful, because I think it will help the viewer and the listener understand this is the kind of stuff that goes down in the meeting rooms. It's the kind of nuance that gets discussed. And this is the kind of thing you look for on film. 
when you're studying film, this is why they spend all those hours doing it, because if you're game planning for an opponent, if you do it right, you're going to know what the tendency is of that yeah, linebacker right. in a situation like that, right. and you're going to be more alert for the opportunity for the tailback to go running by him. It's not going to be an accident or a fluke that just kind of happened on a Saturday afternoon in August. It's going to be something that you've noticed in a certain setting, certain situation, patterns repeat themselves, and that's what separates the best of the best yeah. from the guys who just have the skills, but they can't quite get to the point where they know how right. to put it all together. Right, that's right. It's putting it all together, and it's like we always talk about, maximizing plays, what's there to be had, you know, maximizing the amount of points you get out on the field and all of those things. And Justin Fields is special. We know that. And he can make plays outside the pocket off schedule. You know, but at the end of the day, guys like me, yeah, I'm going to judge them a little more critically on in the pocket, making throws, making the right decisions, because again, what we're seeing in the NFL is still, that's what's winning football games. And I, I do believe both of these guys could do it. You know, just got to see it more and got to see it consistently. Well, the Bears and the Bills get together this weekend, Saturday, 1 o'clock Eastern time in Chicago. Your boy Blue with boy his Blue. big contract. And it sounds like – and I know I know you had concerns about Justin Fields pre-draft, but but you do have an open mind. Always. And you're willing to see what he does in the NFL, so we'll I, see what he can do. I hope next. he craps all over me and proves me wrong. I never root against a player. I know he's a good guy, everything like that. I really do. I'll settle for him just proving you wrong. Okay, let's just go there. You're right. Let's visual, just go with that. I was trying to prove a let's, point. <laughs> let's, let's take a break. When we return, two other quarterbacks who made their debuts on Saturday, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, picks one and two respectively. We'll discuss that next year on PFT Live. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Trevor, I believe, was 6-9, and nine and, and uh, but we gave up two sacks, I believe, with the number one offense line, which shouldn't do, but I, you know, I'll get more for you if he's holding the ball a little bit long. I kind of felt he did on one of them. But we'll have more for you have to watch, but uh, just disappointed offensively. I don't like slow offenses, and I told those, you know, I, I thought the third quarter was better with just tempo, getting up the line of scrimmage, snap the ball, and it was 
I don't want to be one of those slow, wallowing offenses, and uh, we'll, we'll get that fixed. First NFL game in any capacity for Urban Meyer, the Jaguars head coach. 20 games in all for him. He's very aware of the length of the season. He mentioned that a couple of times in his post-game press conference on Saturday night, but he's not happy with the speed of the offense. He wants to get up there, and he wants to go, go, go. And he mentioned in the third quarter, by the time it was C.J. Beathard, it right. improved, but with Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. And look, those two guys supposedly, yeah. supposedly are competing for the starting job. Lawrence didn't look spectacular on Saturday night, but he definitely looked better than Minshew. No doubt. I mean, Lawrence, you could say what you want. Okay, a few rookie mistakes, missed a throw or two that I go, damn, Trevor Lawrence, you're too good to miss that throw right there. But he did make two or three throws where I went, damn, nobody else on your roster can make that throw right there. So that's where it's special. Yeah, I thought, you know, out of the rook. I mean, again, here. I mean, what? Come on. 15-yard laser out route, bam, on the money. Great. Here is it. Here. This is a good throw with a little pressure in his face. That was holding. I was watching the game live. It was pass interference. They didn't call that. This was phenomenal. Come on. Pressure, being being patient in the pocket, perfect ball, you know, knowing where the safety was that he could throw a soft touch ball like that. These are the throws that I never liked in college. There's too many of those missed by Trevor Lawrence where you go, that's a five-yard out route. You know, you're the man. You shouldn't be missing those. You should be a machine. But overall... It was a good start. And again, you know, they're rookies. I thought between Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, and Jordan Love, who I'm counting as a rookie, the one thing that jumped out to me about all three of them is not feeling the pocket real well. That was something that I think they all got to work on. But nonetheless, I'm not going to say too much negative. I think, you know, you saw it. You were impressed with the way he looks, right, as a player and his arm and everything like that. Yeah, the only way to get – to the point where you're comfortable in the pocket is to be in the pocket there there was talk several years ago about the proliferation of the virtual reality machinery that they've come up with and you don't hear much talk about it anymore because i think the teams don't want the other teams to know how extensively they use it but even that only takes you so far it's all about getting to the point where the moment you have the ball in your hands, and even before that, the moment you're scanning the defense, all the different things that go into that that blender that you're in the middle of, and you've been there between the rush and is is they're going to be a blitzing linebacker, and can I trust the running back to pick him up, and where's my first read going to be? And just like what we talked about last segment, is there some little weird thing that happens before the snap that causes me right. to say, forget about my first read, I got a chance my third read is going to bust wide open right. and give me a touchdown here all that stuff is being processed in nanoseconds and and i think that's that's why rookies look the way they do they need those reps to get to the point where they can they can think faster right to the point where those things are just instantaneous no doubt think faster to do the things like a machine that you need to do it like a machine but then also have that moment to go wait the machine something's wrong you know abort mission now I got to play backyard football and be a football player. This is why they drafted me. And that's where I feel like Justin Fields, and at least in my opinion, Zach Wilson thrived in that. Because, you know, again, like we've talked about so many times, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, you know, the day of like, I'm just going to sit in the pocket and look down the field and pay no attention to the pass rush around me, that is over. You know, unless you have just some unbelievable offensive line in front of you, you got to peek down. 
and go, wait, oh, my running back missed that blitzing linebacker. He's going to get here in a second. Let me get out of the pocket so I can buy some more time to throw. It's those type of things that they'll get feel for as they go. I've seen Trevor Lawrence do it. I'll know that. But there, that was, you know, just as much as on him as the pass protection. Step up in the pocket. If he stepped up, he was going to have time and be able to throw it wherever he wanted. But he kind of just stood there. So he just got to get feel for where he can slide and get to as an NFL quarterback to make the plays and throws that he's capable of doing. Urban Meyer did mention after the game that it looked like there were occasions where Trevor Lawrence held the ball a little bit too long. Yeah. They need to study the film. We hear that all the time. You can only pick up so much when you're standing on the sideline as it's all unfolding. You have to look at each play, break it down, understand what happened, and where you can teach the quarterback how to deal with that situation better the next time. But what a balancing act that is. I'm The idea of being extremely aware of everything that's happening right in front of you while also being aware of things that are happening 30 yards away spread out among four or right. five guys right. and going and and going back and forth and back and forth i mean th- that is not something that you roll out of bed with the ability to do and that's why we see these rookies trying to trying to learn how to how to see really two areas at once yeah no i i know it's 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 a whole different game than college football. There's just so much more mentally, and of course the players are so much more physically gifted. You know, there's less room for error. And there's, yeah, putting that together is what makes the good ones special. They have that fine line to be able to recognize everything but still play like they're young kids and, you know, ad-lib and do those type of things. Here's a question I got for you, like all seriousness. Like, at what point in Jacksonville did we just stop, like, the fake quarterback competition? Like, to me, again, the Trey Lance-Jimmy Garoppolo one's different. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's been to the Super Bowl. You can't just hand the guy the job. You know, Justin Fields, okay, yeah, Andy Dalton's been to the playoffs a bunch and done that, right? And there's a little – like, I can understand them wanting to do that. This one, though, I want to go – at some point, I think you're doing a detriment to, like, everybody. Like, let's just move on. We haven't seen anything for Gardner Minshew to think, like, well, they should give him one more shot to be the starter. Come on. I don't know, Mike. Am I crazy to say that? I just think at some point you just got to do it and just like the team knows Trevor Lawrence is going to start. He doesn't have to earn this one over Gardner Minshew. I think what happened is Urban Meyer arrived with the clear presumption. Right. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the pick. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy. And at some point in March or April or May, someone is going to make a mid-round offer. They gave up a six to get Gardner Minshew two years ago. They offer a four or a five, and we'll trade Gardner Minshew, and it's never happened. So yeah, Mike, what happens here. is yeah. you see Gardner Minshew in camp, and, and and Urban Meyer said this himself, I I really didn't know him. I don't want to say we got off on the wrong foot, but I didn't know what he could do, and I like what he can do. Now, I still think there's an element of let's pump this guy up and maybe we will still get maybe. a fourth or a right. fifth round pick out of him right. if there's an injury somewhere or just somebody's not happy with their backup. What about the Cowboys? I, I mean, if you yes. keep a rush, all due respect, I, I'd rather have Gardner Minshew behind Dak Prescott. The guy's got 37 touchdown passes and 11 interceptions right. in two years. Right. That's not bad. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. Yeah, and Mike, and I think, you know, honestly – this is why we're good together. You're right. That's probably why they're doing it a little bit to keep that dream alive. They got a guy in CJ Beathard who's played a little football. 
you know, Jake Luton played last year, so he's got experience. So maybe that is what they're doing, kind of keeping that talk alive a little bit. At some point, though, just like the New York Jets, like, you know there's no guy there that's going to be the guy. I just think you just go like, wait, no, he's the man. Like, there's only so long you should flirt to me with competition here with Trevor Lawrence. Because at some point, if this goes into another week and we haven't named a starter, you're going to have the team start and go, man, what's wrong with our number one pick? Why hasn't he beat the crap? Why hasn't he just, you know, beat Gardner Minshew out yet? And all those type of things. So I think it can have, like, negative impact, too, here uh, if you're not careful and, and don't let this go on too much longer. Oh, oh, it was a surprise last week when the Jaguars right? released their unofficial depth chart. Gardner Minshew or Trevor Lawrence. Not Trevor Lawrence or Gardner Minshew. Minshew was first to the point where I thought maybe there's a chance we're going to see him right out of the gates in the preseason opener. But I, I think that it's it's a it's a not-so-thinly-veiled ruse, and they're trying to showcase him a little bit, and they hope that they can they can get rid of him and give Tim Tebow his number 15 back once and for all. <laughs> That's what it's all about. 15. That's what it's all about, getting him back to 15. <laughs> but but I, I will say this. Gardner Min I'm rooting for Gardner Minshew because – he, he gave us one of the all-time great quotes while we were on break. He was right. speaking with Chris Long, and he said, I haven't taken a bleep in weeks because number two is not an option for me. So, I love it. He's, uh, got, he's, he's still so determined good. He is great. to be the starter somewhere. Yeah. He is. He's great. Um, and he's, he's, that's why he's a great backup, though. He has confidence like he's a starter that he gets in there and he just goes, wait, I'm the man. What? I'm not the starter, so what? I'll make it, make it happen. Uh, I do respect him for that. But, you know, we've talked about this before, though. You got to know what kind of a backup you want. That's right. Do you want a backup who's there to unconditionally and fully and completely support the starter? Or do you want a backup who's there with a chip on his shoulder and an attitude and an I'm better than the starter? Why am I not playing? I'm not going to help him. I'm helping myself. I want to play. Some teams, you yeah. want that guy. Some teams, you don't. And I just don't think that fits with what the Jaguars are currently trying to do with Trevor Lawrence. No, I'm with you. To me, like Gardner Minshew is the type of backup you have if you have a stud star quarterback because then he can handle like the bravado and cockiness of the backup. He's not threatened. You know, like like you said, the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, when he's healthy, he's like, oh, man, this guy's crazy. He's cool. I like him, blah, blah, blah. He can't throw like me. He can't run like me. He's not as big as me. He's got a, you know, quick-witted sense of humor like me, but he ain't going to beat me out in the job. That's, to me, like the perfect place he is for a backup. You're exactly right. For a young developing guy, he could be a pain in the butt. Exactly right. And, uh, I, you know, ultimately, I think your, your thought there is right, that he'll be trade bait here at the end of camp as long as some of these other quarterbacks play well consistently through uh, training camp here. Or, or you, you deliberately make him the backup to a guy that you're not 100% sure about and – Yes, you want to have that kind of somebody, place. right? And and you know what? And you want to test that guy. The guy's kind of wobbly. Let's put a backup behind him and see how he does with yeah. a Gardner Minshew who's determined to become the starter. Does he step up or does he step off? I mean, I I think that if we looked at all the depth charts and all the circumstances, we could maybe identify a team or two where maybe he would be the perfect compliment although right. it may not be regarded by the starter as a compliment to the current situation that they have in new york it's clear that zach wilson's the guy there was a brief holdout by zach wilson and the jets quickly came to their senses because their their alternatives to zach wilson were mike white and james morgan wilson the guy without question your favorite quarterback in this year's draft because of the qualities that remind you of 
the Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers of the world. What did you think from Zach Wilson in his debut? Right. Well, to, to me, this was a, he had the most like legit like starting NFL experience. He had to start a game. Yes, it wasn't against starters against the New York Giants, but he had to make like real NFL throws, like you're here saying. You know, this to me is NFL football. You know, I, you know, listen, I, I know he can get out of the pocket and scramble and extend plays against the twos and the threes. I know that. The guy runs 4-5, just like Justin Fields and Trey Lance. You know, the big thing you want to see is, just like we've talked about a million times, the game is still going to be won within the pocket unless your name's Lamar Jackson or maybe Kyler Murray. And that's where I liked what I saw. You know, again, I don't know how you cannot watch that and not think like, Whoa, the ball pops out of the kid's hand. I mean, it just flies out of there, whether he's on the run or moving in the pocket, but made some, you know, what I just call legit NFL-type throws where, hey, you know, it's just good to see. Oh, was he too small? No, he wasn't too small. He looked very good in the pocket. He was very comfortable. And, you know, out of all the guys, he had to start the game like Trevor Lawrence where there's a different – there's a different – I put that at a higher – level of difficulty than the guy who comes in at second and third when you come in as a starter the emotions of the game everybody nobody's played yet everything like that the other teams juiced up you haven't played against another team yet all of those type of things much harder experience and that's where you know again I know the stats don't look beautiful for Zach Wilson but for my money I thought that was the most legit best you know, rookie performance that I saw that I would go, man, that that made me feel good. That was NFL quarterbacking right there, and he looked pretty damn good. Yeah, and uh, we will see more of Zach Wilson, more of Trevor Lawrence as we get closer and closer to week one. And the Jets get to get reacquainted with Sam Darnold right out of the gates. In Carolina, Zach Wilson's opener coming up in just three weeks and six days. Let's take a break. When we return, NFC South, New Orleans Saints, quarterback competition and will whoever wins that job have michael thomas on the team we'll discuss that next here on pft live now, i'm not making any comparisons with the quarterbacks right now it doesn't matter who really with six turnovers right Sean Payton on his two quarterbacks, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Plenty of turnovers against the Ravens on Saturday night. Then again, anybody who plays the Ravens is going to have plenty of turnovers. But is Taysom Hill 8 for 12, 81 81 yards, not 81 touchdowns. That That would be an impressive night. (laughs) That would be an impressive preseason performance. 81 yards, one interception. Jameis Winston, 7 for 12, 96 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Who did you think looked better in that preseason opener. I, I, I was very impressed with Taysom Hill. I really was. Again, he went out there against the starting lineup against the Baltimore Ravens, who played a number of starters. You know, And the, I think the first thing is I just want to see comfort at the quarterback position. You see Jameis Winston here who, you know, first drive or two stalled a little bit, but then found some rhythm and made some really good throws himself. There's no doubt about that. But we did see a typical Jameis Winston like this. Like, what? You know, under through a go route and a chance to go get points and do something like that. Not the greatest decision or throw somebody around him there. You know, Taysom Hill, he does throw an interception, but it wasn't his fault. And Mike, I don't know. I mean, this throws right here. I mean, first off, just the quality of the football and then the athlete, we know what he can bring to the to bring to the table is special. Here, look at this play. Third and seven, a little pressure. Oh, a sidearm 
Like, come on, 30-yard throw down the right sideline over Marcus Peters? That's special, let alone what he can bring in the run game. Now, there's the interception. You know, to me, knowing that offense, Sean Payton, John Gruen, that was the green grass school. The, the receiver should not have stopped. I think it was his fault. Either way, it's not something that concerns me, but I think Taysom Hill caught my eye a little bit more. And, you know, Mike, what I, what I also jumps to my mind, and you tell me if I'm crazy, with the Michael Thomas thing and him not being there, I would think gives Taysom Hill the advantage a little bit more because he can bring another element to the offense now that might not be as good because Michael Thomas is not there in the pass game. And Taysom, of course, can bring that running aspect and things too. So I kind of liked what I saw from Taysom Hill is what I'm saying. I can't help but wonder, though, whether a close competition goes to Jameis Winston because – right. You can have I know. a very robust presence of Taysom Hill if he's not the starting quarterback, whereas you're not going to have that with Jameis Winston if he's not the starter. And it's almost like Hill becomes a victim of his versatility right. where unless there's a huge gap, hey, we're putting our best 11 guys on the field and two of them happen to be quarterbacks. I know. Jameis Winston's going to be under center and Taysom Hill's going to be moving around doing all sorts of stuff. Let's go. Yeah, I, You're right. That's the million-dollar question. And, you know, even watching the game, uh, on, I believe that was Saturday night or maybe that one was Friday yes. night. I can't remember now. But Saturday. Either, yeah, either way, you know, I, that thought was thrown out there by the guys announcing the game. Like, you know, that, man, I don't know. Maybe they'll go with Jameis because then they can use Taysom as the fullback, H-back, slot receiver, and do those type of things too. Yeah, they're going to miss that element. Uh, but, but at the same time, you know, from what I see from Taysom Hill, like throwing the ball on time, in rhythm, you know, stronger arm than Jason J Jameis Winston, you know, better athlete for sure, going to be able to do quarterback design run stuff. His only thing is he hasn't played the position as much as Winston, but as we know, Winston's played it a lot and been one of the league leaders in dumbness the last few years as far as mistakes with the football and things like that. So, yeah, it's going to be about can he correct that and where Sean Payton feels. But either both look good. I just I favored Taysom Hill, I guess. And, you know, th there's a there's another dynamic here. And yeah. it, it there's a way to look at it to favor each guy. Taysom Hill is the guy that Sean Payton discovered, developed, crafted for this moment. Right. And th th this is far different than becoming a head coach. Drew Brees wants to go to Miami. The doctor in Miami won't pass him on the physical, so Drew Brees comes to New Orleans, and it all works well for 15 years. This is the guy that Peyton developed from scratch. Then, with Winston, this is the guy that one of your arch rivals, who, who just beat you in the playoffs after you swept him in the regular season, cast aside. And I'm taking him, and I'm turning him into something better than you could ever turn him into. I mean, either guy... There is that element of an opportunity for Peyton to show his genius to the world. Yes, there is. He can go either way here. That's where he's got to feel comfortable to go, wait, you know, I got a whole creative playbook I can get to with this guy and a whole creative playbook I can get to with that guy. Now we just got to figure out, you know, and of course, like if it's even or, or whatever else, what also fits you know, his team the best and, and can maximize their ability to win a football game and everything like that. And that's, again, where I go back to Taysom Hill a little bit like with Cam Newton, the New England Patriots, because I think about it like this. Like, 
I don't look at the Saints and go, man, I just think they're going to throw the ball on everybody and it's going to be 4,800 yards and look at these receivers and how explosive they are. I do go, whoa, look at their O-line and they could knock the crap out of anybody in football with those running backs. And now you add Taysom Hill's ability to run the ball. You know, that really maximizes your run game your play-action pass, and hides maybe a little bit of a without Michael Thomas less than wide receiver group as compared to where if Jameis Winston's the starter, the wide receivers are going to be put under the spotlight a little bit more because he can't do some of those other things. At least that's where I come down with it. And I think, I don't know, know, still I sit here and think Taysom Hill will be the guy unless he just totally screws it up. You've mentioned Michael Thomas a couple of times. Star receiver, set the single-season receiving record in 2019. Injured week one of the 2020 season, garbage time against the Buccaneers, got rolled up on by, I think, Latavius Murray, and that ankle was a problem all year long. Now, quick background. Yeah. There was friction between Thomas and the Saints during the season last year. They weren't happy with the way that he was treating some of the people on the staff. It got so bad. Because remember, he had the fight at practice, and he was kind of suspended, but he kind of wasn't when they thought he was going to come back from his ankle injury. And we reported at the time that Thomas's camp was trying to get other teams to make the Saints a trade offer before the deadline. Nobody ultimately did. That's the background. Then we get to the end of the season. Thomas's ankle's still a problem. He goes to see a specialist. The specialist says, try some rehab for a month. Come back. We'll take a look at it. We'll see if you need surgery. He never goes back. Right. He he goes dark completely on Sean Payton and the trainers, not returning phone calls. And it's not until June that he gets his surgery, and now he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. The Saints aren't happy with it. Thomas posts on social media last week they're trying to damage my reputation. That takes us up to last week where Payton and Thomas get together and supposedly men fences to the point where Thomas was present at the game on Saturday night. So we're, we're being led to believe that all is well, Chris. I'm not ready Me neither. to accept that all is well. I'm ready to say they're creating the impression that all is well in the event there's an opportunity that comes along to trade Michael Thomas. But I think too much has happened for one meeting between Sean Payton, who has to be livid with Michael Thomas. Too much has happened for one meeting to solve all problems. Yeah, I, I, I would think so. You're right. I mean, there's too many problems, that, like, like you said. You're right, to just think, oh, we talked for 30 minutes. Everything's good. It's all in our past. No. I mean, it's all shocking to me. First off, Michael Thomas, who wants to be great and everything like that, I can't believe he didn't get the surgery. I am surprised by that. You know, And Sean Payton's probably looking at it going, damn, if there was ever a year we needed you healthy, our first year without Drew Brees, we need you hitting on all cylinders. So I, he's probably extra pissed as he would be compared to a year where like Drew Brees is still the quarterback because he just goes, man, that would be a huge you know, buffer to help whoever is the new quarterback out a little bit. So they're missing that element. That would make life a lot easier on Sean Payton and the quarterback and the team. So that's where they're pissed. And yeah, I don't, I don't know where this goes. But, like, I mean, because of the late surgery and everything like that, nobody's going to trade for him here anytime soon, I don't think, at least. You know, everyone's going to want to see, like, you know, what we're getting as far as health-wise after that. Um, So very weird circumstances, and I'm with you. I don't think this is done yet. That's why I think it's entirely possible that Peyton made it clear to Thomas, your only way out is to come back and reestablish yourself 
and then you have value and then yeah. we get value and then if it's just not working we move on but whether you're not happy with us or we're not happy with you it's in our mutual interest to work together and get this to a point where some sort of a transaction can happen that makes sense for us and makes sense for you and maybe it doesn't happen till after the season maybe it doesn't happen till after june 1 like the julio jones trade for cap reasons but regardless Something was said that I think, at least for now, has created a ceasefire as it right. relates to the acrimony. And, and there will be people out there, Chris, who say, this is all fake news because Sean Payton said on Saturday night, Michael Thomas is going to be a big part of what we do. But let me just say this. It was on June 10 that Sean Payton was asked about Michael Thomas's ankle, and he said he's here and participating. He looks good. We still monitor it, pay attention to it, scan it, all those things. He's getting treatment and doing things necessary. So far, so good. We know that that's not true now. And this isn't a knock on Sean Payton. I, I, he's one of the best coaches in the league. But there are times where you can't tell the truth for strategic reasons. Right. There are times where you have to keep the dirty laundry in the washing machine. And I wouldn't expect him to come out and say this relationship is fractured and it's just a matter of finding the right time to trade him. He's never going to say that, even if that's where this is all heading. No, I, I don't think so. And, and I would think even though, even if it's heading there, you know, again, Michael Thomas is one of his gems. I mean, second-round pick who he's made into this superstar to where I would think there is some personal pride there to where he does want this. I mean, they paid him all this money, highest-paid receiver ever at one point. You know, I think he would want to make it work. But, yeah, it just seems like uh, there's been a few issues and that Michael Thomas has certainly seemed to have made life a little bit hard on Sean Payton and the Saints over the last year or so. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's – hey, Saints are a real good football team. That's going to be one to watch. When you consider that the Sean Payton coaching DNA traces back to Bill Parcells, you can imagine the language. Exactly. <laughs> and, My and dad didn't feeling. know his name started with a PH until he got done <laughs> retiring, okay? <laughs> but but, but that's, that's what we have to factor in here because there's no way that Sean Payton is happy with what's happened and there's no way he doesn't feel that he's been betrayed to some extent by this guy that he's developed right. that has taken full advantage of an offense that caters yes. to his abilities and that has resulted in the money that's been paid to Michael Thomas. And now here we are, even if the relationship is, is mended for now, it never should have gotten to the point where it had to be. And I'm sure that Peyton is not happy about that. Let's take a break. Very happy to bring back superlatives. We're going to do preseason slash training camp edition of superlatives. When this Monday edition of PFT live continues right after this. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.